Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, July 26th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topics in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Isabel Danzis. And I'm David Escobar. And here's What's What in New York. There's now more than a thousand monkeypox cases in New York City. But monkeypox isn't just a New York problem. Cases are rising worldwide. Like we mentioned yesterday, the World Health Organization declared monkeypox a public health emergency over the weekend. And now the Biden administration is considering following in the WHO's footsteps. The White House is expected to name a monkeypox coordinator very soon, kind of like Dr. Anthony Fauci during the COVID-19 pandemic. Back in New York, the state health department recently approved a new PCR test for the virus. Even though there's new tests available for New Yorkers, Demand for the monkeypox vaccine is still rapidly rising. Stephen Lopez, who was the sixth person convicted in the notorious Central Park Five case, was exonerated yesterday afternoon. Wait, I thought there were only five people. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. Lopez was accused of the brutal rape and beating of Trisha Miley in 1998. Unlike the other defendants, he was also convicted of robbing a male jogger. Because of that, he was able to take a plea deal. He pleaded guilty to the robbery in exchange for not being charged with the rape. He served over three years in the 90s. The five black and Hispanic teenagers originally charged with the crimes all served time. That's until Matias Reyes came forward in 2002, saying he was the sole perpetrator of the crime. The five men were eventually exonerated. In 2014, they settled a civil case with New York City for $41 million for their wrongful convictions. Their attorneys charged today that police obtained the confessions by force. The press statement said he had nothing. Lopez's involvement in the case is often forgotten because of the unique circumstances of his plea deal. Well, it's finally cooler in New York City today. That's right, Isabel. This weekend's thunderstorms are expected to keep temperatures cooler this week, but the effects of the storm are here to stay. There's been power outages across the city, and the rainfall left a bunch of standing water. The city has been spraying for mosquitoes, which is supposed to help offset the effects of the remaining standing water. Today, the city will start spraying Queens and Staten Island. The idea is to control mosquito populations and illnesses linked to mosquitoes like West Nile virus. The city will start sending trucks to spray pesticides across the five boroughs. The city says that the pesticides don't present health risk to people and pets. However, some people with respiratory issues may have some sensitivities. New Yorkers are advised to stay inside during the spring and wash clothes that come into contact with the pesticides. MTV just announced the nominees for its annual Video Music Awards, a.k.a. the VMAs. Kendrick Lamar, Jack Harlow, and Lil Nas X are leading the pack, each with seven nominations. Adele, Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, and the Foo Fighters are also up for awards this year. Madonna already has the title for having the most VMA wins, but now she is the only artist nominated during five different decades. The VMAs are on Sunday, August 28th in Newark. If you voted in the most recent primary election, you may have noticed that the ballot was a little shorter than usual. So I sat down with city and state reporter Rebecca Lewis about how contested maps are influencing the 2022 primaries. This year's midterm elections are coming up in November, which means this summer is primary season. But Rebecca Lewis says that this year, there's going to be a lot more on the line. She's a political reporter at City and State. But why should people care? I mean, you have to look no further than uh, the recent SCOTUS decisions. Whether you agree with them or not, uh, that is a result of years worth of 
strategy, planning, voting, uh, getting people that you want in seats of power, you know, it's not a short term thing. But just ahead of this year's primary elections, New York had a big problem. It's congressional maps. Well, more of the fact that it didn't have the new district lines that were supposed to be redrawn after the 2020 census. It's kind of a roller coaster, so bear with me. Back in 2010, New York state lawmakers passed a constitutional amendment that completely changed the redistricting process. That responsibility was handed over from lawmakers to an independent commission that would use census data to draw congressional districts that reflected the demographics of New York. But that move didn't come without criticism. Basically, from the get-go, there were a lot of good government groups who said this is designed to fail. That's because the commission was made up of Democrats and Republicans who each submitted their own partisan maps. The committee faced a gridlock, so state legislators said the state constitution gave them the right to redraw the districts themselves. But Lewis says that didn't go over well in the courts. Uh, The congressional lines they drew, I think, were pretty universally considered gerrymandered. So the New York State Court of Appeals turned power over to an independent special master who redrew the maps. And since the redistricting process took so long, New York had two separate primary election dates. In the upcoming August 23rd primary, New Yorkers are voting for two separate representatives, their congressperson and their state senator. But with the recent redistricting, Lewis says these primary elections might get a little more complicated. It's... Hard to say for all of them. I mean, I know that you had Upper West Siders and Upper East Siders mad that they were grouped into the same district. But at the same time, you had complaints about splitting up majority black neighborhoods, you know, especially in the Hudson Valley. There were concerns about pitting uh, Jamal Bowman and Mondaire Jones, both black lawmakers against each other. There is a new state Senate seat in Brooklyn that is majority Asian now. On Long Island, it's been shaken up a lot in the state Senate. Democrats recently won uh, many of the seats that Republicans have held. And now there are there's a lot of shakeup. With all of these new changes to the districts, it can be hard to keep up with your local lawmakers. But Lewis says that change might actually be a good thing. Uh, If you want to see change, whatever that change may be, you have to vote for that change. With WFUV News, I'm David Escobar. That was my co-host David Escobar speaking with Rebecca Lewis about the new congressional maps in New York. And now we turn to the world of sports with WFUV's Will Grant. He's got the preview for tonight's game where New York's two baseball teams face off against each other. Thanks, David. Both the Yankees and the Mets were off last night, but the two prepared for a much-anticipated Subway series which kicks off tonight in Queens just after 7 o'clock. This will be one of the most historic matchups in Subway Series history, considering the year's success endured by the two franchises thus far. On the hill this evening is Jordan Montgomery for the Yanks and Taiwan Walker for the Mets. Tomorrow will follow with a wrap-up of the two-game series as Max Scherzer squares off against Domingo Herman in a sold-out city field. Nationals' Juan Soto and Red Sox' J.D. Martinez futures are still up in the air. Soto, more importantly, has been speculated to join the Mets, but this is the same tune we hear from the Mets hopefuls every single time a hot commodity is on the free agency table. And finally, the 2022 Women's European Soccer Championship semifinals kick off today at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, with Sweden taking on England. Thanks, Will. Every Tuesday, WFUV brings you Cityscape, 
an inside look at the people, places, and spirit of New York City. Summer in New York City is a great excuse for getting outside and spending time among friends and family. I got the opportunity to learn more about Films on the Green, a summer-long French outdoor film festival. Films on the Green is almost exactly what the name sounds like. Films are played outdoors across Manhattan and Brooklyn parks all summer long. The catch is that all of the films are French films in French with English subtitles. The festival is put on by Villa Abertine, the French Embassy, New York City Parks, and the Face Foundation. For Natalie Charles, program officer for Films on the Green, the festival is a way to show New Yorkers French culture and films. You know, for us, it's always like getting a wide audience, a diverse audience, and to see that people react and will be giving access to French culture and francophone culture. According to Charles, the festival was created to bring French films into public spaces like parks, where they may have not been shown before. Showing them in public outdoor spaces with English subtitles invites a whole group of new people to experience these movies. And when we launched the festival, um, the idea was really to bring French cinema um, outside of the original institution which uh, are showing French films in the city. And that goal seems to be working. This year, the festival's theme is from page to screen, where all featured films are adapted from books. The first film premiered in the 2022 festival was an adaptation of Intersection by Paul Guimard, called Chose de la Vie, or The Things of Life. That was the trailer of The Things of Life. According to Charles, the screening, which happened in Central Park, exposed a lot of people to director Claude Sauté and his work. And I got some messages of people telling me after the screening that um, they really loved it, they really discovered Claude Sauté, and that they were like going into, looking into his cinematographies. And for New York City parks, Charles said that people often explore new parks and new parts of the city to go to films on the green. And for New York City parks, it's also great because people who know film on the green will also say, well, I want to see this film I don't know these parks, but I will go there and maybe they will discover a new location, a new park that they didn't know before. Films on the Green's next event will be happening on Friday, July 29th at Riverside Park Pier 1. They will be showing Delicacy, a romantic comedy. I'm Isabel Danzis, WFUV News. That was my co-host Isabel Danzis talking about a summer French film festival taking place in New York City's parks all summer long. And that's our show for today. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Isabel Danzis. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.